When it comes to writing stand-up comedy, it may seem like the really good comics have their punchlines figured out, like right away, when in reality, that's not even close to being true. In fact, it may even take years for a comic to come up with an adequate punchline for a premise, a topic, or a setup. Now the same is true in the workplace, just replace punchline with solution or idea. And when it comes to generating ideas, when it comes to building connection between coworkers, between leaders and their teams, you've got to create the space for that to happen. You've got to create the sense of safety so that people can pitch bad ideas in order to get to those good ideas, so that people can have those genuine human conversations stumble a little bit along the way and build a stronger relationship as a result. Not all workplaces are open to this, but the ones who are are the ones who differentiate themselves from their competitors. If you don't give yourself the space, the freedom to fall on your face a few times in the journey toward creating a punchline, and meanwhile as a leader, in the journey toward creating a solution. If you don't fall on your face, you don't learn, you don't grow, you don't build those human connections. This is David from Watercolor Comedy. Join me in this episode of You Can't Laugh at Work with Tara Blythe and Darcy Herlihy of Infotech out of Gainesville, Florida, where we prove that stand-up comedy and good leadership go hand in hand and to prove that you can laugh at work. Welcome to You Can't Laugh at Work. This is the podcast that takes topics that you can't laugh at and proves that, yeah, it is okay to laugh at them. And uh, You Can't Laugh at Work is part of You Can't Laugh at That, where we take work, that one thing that we all do, that we all stress about, that some studies show we spend 70% of our waking hours thinking about doing or, of course, panicking about. And uh, we, we prove that you can laugh at that. And joining me today, we've got the Vice President of Talent Strategy and Communications at Infotech, based out of Gainesville, Florida. That is Tara Blythe. What's up, Tara? Hi, David. Joining her, I did this in advance because I had a feeling I would be introducing you and I wanted to be able to differentiate you, not just like, oh, and then this person that works for her uh, or with <laughs> her. Uh, this is Dar Darcy Herlihy. She is the communication specialist at Infotech. Thank you for joining us on today's episode. Glad to be here. So Infotech is a, uh, is a perennial top workplace. Uh, this is one, one thing that I do is when I am booked to speak in a certain location, I find all the top workplaces and uh, do a little bit of research, make sure that they're not only living up to what they claim to be and what they're recognized as, but also call us out on that. Yeah. Oh, of course I will. Put Absolutely. Your uh, but also they're the interesting people who work with them. And I stumbled upon you. I did some LinkedIn creeping. What are you most proud of in your time at Infotech? This is going to be an easy answer, but it's probably an answer I've been most proud of in any company I've come to. I've most proud of the people I've connected with and the ones that I've brought into the company to match the incredible talent that was already here. Um, I will add to it though and go a little bit more business oriented and say I am 
really proud at getting an organization like this to be a little more open to talking about themselves. They, this is one of those special places, real special places, um, and very opposite from a lot of the companies I've worked on in my worked at in my career where there were a lot of talk. But to your point, David, you would you would kind of go, can you really back that up? This company has a lot of things you can back up, but they never really wanted to talk about it. So uh, I'm probably most proud of them understanding that having a message and letting people know who you are is not bragging and it is not a dog and pony show. It really is a positive thing and that helps people see you and perhaps in a place where we need to grow. Um, we need to grow because of competition in our industry. We need to grow because honestly, the world needs more infotechs. Um, in the business world, um, you got to kind of talk about yourself so people can find you. Yeah, and that's that's something that we're kind of uncomfortable with, just just on a human level. Like, you know, if you walk up to somebody at, say, a networking event, you're like, hi, I'm Tara, and here are all the things that I do, and I love, you know, I love the, the, the Florida Gators, and I love this, and I have, you know, this many dogs, and I do, you know, it's like, okay, let's, I'm going to go grab another drink. I don't even drink. Like, I'm going to go to the bar. So, yeah. But here, like just to kind of add to that, here it was more of, hi, now I work, you know, I used to work at the University of Florida, go Gators, big, yeah. big shout out to my alma mater in the big place. But, you know, you say you work for the University of Florida and people are like, oh, yeah, of course, what do you do there? Well, I teach or I, I you know, I was, uh, I was in a very similar role over there, but in advancement. Here, I say I work for Infotech and they would go, who? And I'm like, oh, you know, just one of the biggest businesses in Gainesville that's been around for 40 years, but you have never heard of them. Never heard of them. They literally have been hiding, doing secret, beautiful work um, on the floor of the Farm Bureau building, which in this area is, is not the most attractive building in town. Um, <laughs> that and, and doing wonderful things, but not really talking about what they were doing because we serve people so far past our community. They're also uh, our two founders are pretty beautiful and they've done a lot of secret things in the community too, but also not putting their name on things. So we asked them to just speak out a little bit more, but speak out with purpose, which has been that nice. Whole, that whole starting in a garage uh, mentality, starting from there. And they're not the ones who started in a garage who have these big unveilings wearing their black turtlenecks. And <laughs> so no. what, who does, who does InfoTech help uh, how, and how do you help people? Just a, just a quick kind of summary of who you are. Sure, absolutely. Um, so we, we actually have two businesses and honestly, without the origin story, they do seem a little bit disconnected, but, but our, our values, our core is very connected. So uh, we have a systems business, which is, is a SaaS business generally, but it's a technology business and it introduces technology to help manage information. So Infotech, hence cool name, back in, you know, circa 1978, or so cutting before. Edge. Yeah, yeah, totally cutting edge. Yes, it does sound like the name of the company in office uh, space. And yes, we are embracing that. But at this point, we were the first with that name. So it was cool at one point, I promise. So we're keeping it. Um, so we introduce information to manage technology and specifically we serve the civil and infrastructure construction business and our systems business, which means our technology, our tools help build roads and bridges and pretty much anything horizontal in this country. Um, and then our consulting business is really neat. Those are a lot of PhDs, econometricians and st statisticians. They weave through lots and lots of data to find the truth. 
Um, our, our niche is antitrust, data, litigation, and support. Um, and they basically make sense of data and they help their clients do so. So um, both, both foundations come from this idea of utilizing insight, utilizing insight to help people solve problems. And one does it through the introduction of technology and the other does it through utilizing data. And in our origin story, we kind of did that together with a big case where the consulting came together to help bid rigging. And then we got into the civil and infrastructure construction business. Fast forward 35 years, and here we are today. And actually, our systems business is the larger in regards to our people. Okay. So as far as your origin story, that's always interesting to me. And also... solving problems and and building bridges like i love all those little things peppered in there i always like to ask the question how do you take what you do for your clients and apply it on a personal a person to person level at the workplace like within the culture how does that uh, relate um, I also just want to give a shout out to my my um, friend Darcy, who has joined me. Yes, she is also my colleague. I guess yes, technically she might sort of work for me. Um, but yeah, that's just what my brain went with that. No, I appreciated that. But she, uh, I like that you're quoting some of the things that she came up with. Yes, we we literally and figuratively built bridges, and so you have seen Darcy weave that into a lot of our narratives uh, recently. If you ever hear our president of our systems business talk, he's an angel on earth, that man. He is absolutely a lot like his dad, who is the founder, back to, to our um, origin story. But his name's Will McClave, and he will tell you, he will talk to you about our business strategy. If you keep pushing him, he'll go direct and he will say, okay, here's the tactics we're going to take to move this to the next level. Here's why. Here's we're gonna com- how we're going to compete on a national stage. Here's the investments we're making to do that. But fundamentally, he'll say, our strategy is to keep the promises that we've made to our people. And we've made a lot of promises out there with our customer base. We've made a lot of promises out there to people that depend on us. And we need to see those through. And then make sure that our eyes are open and we're in a position to pay attention to when that next opportunity comes, that they're going to trust us first and they're going to ask us first. And that is what got us here. And actually, that is the one thing that I do agree. And I'm a big, what got us here won't get us there. In that case, what got us here will get us there. Um, and that translates internally. So our, our um, <laughs> mantra, if you will, and it really is kind of a mantra that you'll see a lot of places is treat people right. Uh, one of our founders, uh, Tom Rothrock, his initials are TPR. And our other founder always says that he, he, puts our mantra at TPR, but it, it stands for treat people rest right and the rest will follow. And treat people right is to our customers, but treat people right is to our people, our family, our family of employees. And I know a lot of companies, and you should tease me on this, a lot of companies like to claim they have a family. Now at Infotech, that, that's real. That's real, real. I actually tell you, this, this week actually, I had two amazing employees get on my calendar because they've just started dating and they wanted to make sure they understood the rules because they both love it here so much and they want to make sure that's okay. And, and I, you know, kept it together, gave them the straight answer, made sure they got some version of what people here know about me, which is, it's kind of like, don't make me care. Like we trust you to be a professional. We trust you 
to keep personal and professional separate, but we also love that you might find love someplace here and you care that much about the people that you're with. And that does translate to, I think we got eight married couples right now in the Don't organization. Don't get me started. We have <laughs> so many infotech love stories. I could write multiple blogs on the amount of infotech love stories. And I like to chalk it up to the fact that we just hire really great people. Um, but we also, we create, and you'll hear more about this later, but we create avenues for people from different departments to connect with each other. So they get to meet across the company. Like a lot of these people don't work in the same division. They don't even work on the same floor. Um, so being able to, like we call ourselves a family, but we're able to foster this relationships, um, friendships across the company. And sometimes they develop into dating and marriage. There's a lot of them. Pretty entertaining. Yeah, you got to put an asterisk next to family when people start dating. Well, it's not that kind of family. <laughs> but here, but yeah. here, David, it is. It's, it's yeah. married couples. It's uh, father, daughters. It's mother, sons. It's cousins. It's aunts. It's godmothers. It's, it's a family. Um, yeah, it, and you guys exemplify that people over profit mentality, kind of taking away those figurative cubicles in a way is is you know something that's so important nowadays in in connecting people and you have a unique organization and, and yeah those other organizations say oh yeah we're a family oh yeah look at our our website there's our values and and it's very it's very like corporate mandated but you put the rubber to the road you put these initiatives in place a diversity initiative in place you, you put a mental well-being initiative in place so uh, tell us a little bit about because I mean those even even nowadays like even though they're the hot button topic again they can easily be that here it is on the wall we did it we checked that box so what separates you guys from that from everyone else we buy into a lot of things at Infotech and um, one of the things that I, I really love is that like th there's a lot of hot innovative like ideas out there right and so one of the things I, I say a lot is yes we we do buy into design thinking and we buy into agile and kaizen and continuous improvement and there's different methodology for the different team that makes sense for the employee but they all kind of come to that same foundation um we don't really believe and you said this david we don't believe in putting people in a box but we do believe in being able to draw our own boxes right mm -hmm. and making sure we see people in that box um right now and you brought up a couple of those initiatives we're and one of the things that's really beautiful about the company is if you say you're focused on people, you need to be focused on people for who they are holistically, not who they are for you to match your job description, not who they are for you to get this job done, but who they are, what's coming at them. And what's coming at them isn't only things that you can control in your industry or in your business. It's what's coming at them in life. And the world right now is a bit of a mess, right? And it's a, it can be a beautiful mess if you choose to see it. And you can see people coming together like they've never been before, having conversations like they've never been before. Or you can see challenges that people haven't wanted to face before that maybe they're forced to face, but they're doing it head on. You can see resilience, way overused word right now, but being tested in a completely different way. Um, and for us, I think what you're seeing is a lot of initiatives internally are things that go, hey, that, that's the world right now. How about we don't put that aside? How about we say that, that that is part of your being and we need to talk about that and we need to create opportunities or space for dialogue if that's what you need. We need to 
create space for you to share your story or feel heard or just feel like you're not alone if that's what you need. We need, we need to admit that, hey, nobody's perfect. And um, at least from our, you know, some of our founders that seem, one of them seems pretty untouchable a lot of the time, him leaning in and sending a message that says, hey, I struggle with anxiety too. We all do. And he, here's what that looks like. And that's okay. And we're going we're gonna to create a space if you want to share that or see it or feel it. But, but just know you're not alone. And that's part of what signing up to be here is, is you, we got your back now. Like we're, we're part of this together. Um, one of the things that I did introduce, which I, I've never felt so true in a company is so much do we have your back that we have a lot of people that even when they leave Infotech, they come back. Um, so our exit survey is called goodbye for now, um, <laughs> which is a little presumptuous. Um, I, I agree. Uh, but but I have enough stories where people understand that, you know, if you want to go try something else, because that's the better thing for you, because that's where you are in life or that's what you need, that's wonderful. But know you made an impact here and we'd love to have you back one day and maybe you'll bring back something you learned and help us get better when you get here. Oh, maybe. Yeah. And goodbye for now doesn't even have to be like, oh, you're going to come back here to work. Like, you know, stay in touch. Let's, let's, <laughs> you know, at the very least, you know, especially if no bridges have been burned. I love the, the story of your leader with anxiety, just coming out and being vulnerable and sharing that. I love the, the fact that instead of ignoring what's going on in the world, we talk about it. We, these are struggles that we're all going through and the, best organizations are the ones who have that open dialogue you said create space that's like that's such an important aspect of mental health uh, but also creativity but also connection finding common ground not know like being open to discovery being open to surprises and that's what makes life so rewarding is those little moments where it's like oh you too no way and then, and then it goes from there. That's, that's how you get these couples probably, but you know, <laughs> you, you got to create that space. And I love that, that you do that. that and, uh, but of course though, there's, you know, there's risks that come with that. W have you run into any objections and then how have you overcome them when it comes to having this kind of open-minded, open dialogue culture? Ooh, yes, of course. Right. We've definitely hit a couple barriers, but one, <laughs> but nothing that we couldn't work through because we, we do move into this. And what, one of our uh, guiding principles since the beginning was this idea of transparency. And we've, we've kind of shifted transparency a little bit towards vulnerability. And I like that yeah. a lot, right? So, cause to me, my definition of, of vulnerability isn't, we're going to just tell you all there is. You can't catch us in anything <laughs> like we're that transparent. It, it truly is like show up who you are, whether that's, you know, a child on your head or your dragon today because it's been a long week or you're, you're bringing something out there like we're going to accept that and we're going to meet you where you are. With that, though, does come, you know, if we ever <laughs> this you heard me say this earlier, I, I do have. Um, somehow I got this phrase attached to me and I did say it in a meeting like three years ago and I do, I like it now. It's like, just don't make Tara care, right? Just, just don't make me care. Like our, we have a, we don't have a dress code here. We have a, a non-dress code dress philosophy. And you know, we, what it basically says, wear what makes you you, wear what makes you feel comfortable, be who you are. Just keep in mind that as long as who you are doesn't 
take something from someone else, right? So just, just be aware of the impact it might have on others. There's a funny line in there that a much better writer than me, which in this case wasn't Darcy, though she's a pretty good one. It's our another, another incredible writer we have on staff, basically said our commitment to transparency, transparency though does not apply to dress. Like that's pretty much one of the only rules in there, that's right? Clever. So, yeah. right, clever. Um, so the same thing happens here. A lot of these dialogues happen, especially in now what's what became a fully virtual environment for a year, and now it's truly hybrid, um, which basically means they'll come into the office for specific reasons, for a cadence for collaboration, to work together as a team, to solve a problem. But there's no expectation for a consistent cadence or a button seat. That's just not us, and it doesn't make sense. And we just proved for two years we don't need it for our industry. So as such, a lot of these dialogues have to happen in this virtual space. And we used to be the company that put everybody in the atrium, and I'm pointing behind me because it's behind me right now, but in the atrium, and we fit all, you know, 300 employees or so in this atrium at the time, it was probably about 280. And they, and we would talk, but we've now transferred that. And we actually use Slack, which a lot of, lot of tech companies do. And we have all these open Slack channels, all these communities that take place. So to answer your question directly, yeah, we, we do have to monitor a little, um, but we lean in and we, we try to really step back and help people understand and give them the space. And if we want to give them the space for safety, they have to be able to be them and they have to be able to be communicate, communicative and honest. Um, and that works. Usually it works by somebody starting, somebody share something and they'll, they'll take it to a space that is just true and honest and beautiful and maybe reminiscent of um, something you would see at a, like a counseling or in a much more private space than something that everyone in the company has access to. If we need to, um, if, if someone takes it too far, or if someone says something that forgets about that safety that we're trying to create for all of us, we have an honest conversation about that. But I've never, I will say in my um, four and a half years now at this point, luckily I've, I've, it's never had to be more than one conversation and one understanding of the to put themselves in the other person's shoes for a minute from an empathy standpoint. No. One thing I want to jump in and say, and Tara won't be able to say this because she is in leadership, is that there is a very key uh, feeling among the employees that leadership cares. So people who disagree, it's it's one of those well, tell me why. If you have a problem, come to me. There is no, it's it's open door policy, which you hear at a lot of places, but it truly is. They The leadership here, they make a point to know everyone's name as much as possible. They are going to listen any to any problem that comes up. They will listen respectfully. They will listen with the intent to help problem solve, like we were talking about, like turning that problem solving internally. Um, and that genuine empathy from everyone on the leadership team, it, it translates to everyone who we hire, right? So it becomes, oh, well, if you're in a position of power and you respect me, then I'm gonna respect the people around me because you're in a position of power over them as well and you're respecting them. So when there is a disagreement, when there is pushback, when there is an objection, I don't think it's ever been not a respectful one. You can't laugh at that. Hey, hate to interrupt this episode of You Can't Laugh at Work, but I'm doing it anyway. Because what Tara and Darcy are talking about, creating the space to have genuine, authentic, human conversations where it's okay to be vulnerable, where it's okay to talk about things that are going on on a deeply personal level, 
That is the kind of workplace culture that retains and attracts top talent. And it's daunting to think about engaging in those conversations, especially if you've worked at an organization where you haven't in the past. And that's where I can help. Visit watercoolercomedy.org forward slash booking to schedule a call with me where we will discuss how we can work together, whether it's through training, whether it's through a keynote, whether it's through workshops, whether it's through a longer program, whether it's through one-on-one consulting, whatever the case may be, I have something that can help you turn your organization into a workplace where people want to be. Because we all deserve to be at a workplace where we look forward to going, just like Infotech. So watercoolercomedy.org forward slash booking. I will not make you wait for the rest of this episode. So without any further delay, enjoy the rest of You Can't Laugh at Work. You can't laugh at that. We encourage candor. We encourage candor and communication. I will, one, one thing that has come to mind that we have introduced in the last two years, because we needed to, because we were virtual, is we started doing town halls, but we didn't do it in the, um, and I've been in, com- I've worked, don't look at my LinkedIn background, I'm not calling any of those companies out, but I've been in companies before that, and worked for them that maybe had the more stuffy town hall. Um, we have an incredible director of marketing and communication here who's one of my my close friends now at this point and is Darcy's actual boss. Um, and she uh, she came from one of those more, okay, when we have a town hall, the CEO has a message and you will ask these four questions and we will filter those questions. That, that's not what we do here. We put leadership on the spot and we open the mic and we go ask us a question and we'll give you the best answer we can and we'll give it to you honestly. And we'll dialogue. Um, and there has been moments in those um, where uh, I, I've even been like, "Really, really? You don't you don't think so?" Like I'll say that to three hundred employees. Like, really? That that's what you think right now? That's how you phrase that? Can we can we talk a little bit about that in this open forum? And then there's been moments where it's like, "Here's where we are. Here's where we're going." And I don't have all the answers. And the reason you feel like we don't have clarity on that yet is because we don't. Mm. But we'll get there together, and we trust you to help us get there. So. Let's figure it out together. What do you think we should do? And many people will take us up on that and they'll find us and, and we'll, we'll figure it out together. We'll figure the path. Um, we use a lot of bad road analogies. I, I think I've embraced that a little too much, but also our marketing and communication is really good because you know we're in civil and infrastructure. Yeah, guilty. Yeah, guilty. You gotta have fun with that. <laughs> right. You gotta have fun with that. But one of the ones I like a lot is we are not big on guardrails. We'll, we'll pave the road if you want to take it. It'll make it more efficient, might make it a little easier on you, but it's up to you if you want to take that path. Mm. Um, and we're, we're big on it. Like there, there's no guardrail. If you decide you want to go this way instead, you want to go a little more weaving to get there, we trust you. You'll find your way back or maybe you'll show us a better path in the first place. Going back to, you're talking about creating space earlier. That admission too, that you don't have all the answers. That's like, that's on the same level of, we have this gap between where we are and where we want to go. You know, the, the, to continue on with your analogy, uh, we were in the mountains and the GPS isn't working and we took a wrong term some, somewhere. Well, we don't know how to get there. We'll get there. <laughs> but this is a matter of how, who's going to help, how we're going to ask for help and, and so on that, that does that. And that, that's really cool. That, that brings up a lot of stress for a lot of other organizations. You know, the, the, the idea of having these town halls, allowing people to ask challenging questions. You know, the, you've got your CEO who 
who it has to go this way all the time. Otherwise we're not going to do these things anymore. Like, how would you, how would you sit down and talk to them if they were at Infotech right now and they came in with that mentality? Ooh. Lighten up. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It's easy to say, right? Right. Um, Oh, uh, I would probably honestly say some version of <laughs> there. I am looking at the wall right behind me right now. We, marketing has put a couple things on the wall. And to your point, David, it's like people put things on the wall, but did they really mean it? Mm-hmm. And it, it says we, it, so one of our main pillars is innovation and it says innovation is a people business. And so and that's what it says right there like in front of me. And I'm, I'm thinking here going, I would say to someone like that who came in, any organization, any company, any businesses in the people business, I don't care if you're B2B, B2C, blah, 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 you're person to person, right? And so person to person starts with let, like seeing the people in front of you. So those CEOs that feel like they have to have all the answers before they come to the table, before that they have to have the complete vision mapped out, that there, there is only one track to figure out these things. They're missing out on what could be beautiful when they ask the person in the room who changed the dynamic the minute they walked into the room. They walked into the room with a different skill set, with different attributes, with a different context, with a different experience, with a different way they're seeing the world today. And you forgot to give them the mic and they could have made it better. Um, and that now, have I always been successful in that? No, but that's why I'm going to be here for a little while. Because <laughs> when you find your people, you stay. Right. When you and, find people that get that. And that's an admission too, that you're still growing, you're still challenging yourself. And that's, that's part of the process. There's no, I did it. Yeah. That's it. We're good here. Like that's yeah. And that's, that's awesome too. So you can look at those values that are up there and they mean something like you, you drew an answer out of that. And that, that speaks volumes, keeping those, those values in mind. We we talked a little bit about it last time, but what, what sort of challenges right now are, are on your plate as, as you know, in your role, but also on Infotech's plate. One of the biggest challenges we have just as a company is We've made a lot of promises to our customers, but we've also made a lot of promises to our people. And we do still have an average tenure of 10, 12 years. And that's with my incredible team of recruiters and talent management professionals adding almost 100 new employees in the last couple of years. We still have that average tenure. People come here and stay and they want to see a future. Um, So right now we got to clarify which lever for growth makes the most sense while still keeping our promises to our people and realizing that it's been a tough couple of years in this nation, in this world for our people and they're tired. And that's a hard message to spin to say, hey, I know you've been working really hard. We've done incredible things. The road in front of us is still challenging and we need you to continue to do what you've done so amazingly and keep this momentum and the strength and we're going to be right next to you as you can. That's a lot. We got some tired people. Um, so for me, it's, it's making sure our people feel seen and supported and see their future, but also understand that the next couple of years for us, we, we really do need to make some, some defining choices on where we grow, how we grow, and in what spaces. 
um, and making sure the people in our organization that actually have those answers are given the mic to be able to help us get there because it's not always just a person with a title and that's something Infotech's pretty great at. Um, we, uh, I, I like to say, I, I need to make sure I have the right people in the driver's seat that actually want to drive right now. Um, so uh, my internal, my internal job right now is making sure I get a lot of those incredible people that are willing to drive and want to drive in the right seat so they can. So uh, we're running out of time here. I, I, we could have this conversation all day, but before you go, this is a question that that I always like to ask because it's a different answer for each person, each organization. And that's what makes each organization unique. We all have our unique culture and within that culture are unique people. And within those unique people are a unique sense of humor and add those together and you really create something special. So what was the last thing that you and your team really laughed about together? Can I, well, I, I'm going to tell it, and it's perfect that Darcy's here, but I do want her to speak up too. Um, and one of the main reasons I asked her to join me for this is Darcy is a absolute personification of our culture. Um, I'm going to get emotional um, because she, she, she finds the joy and the spirit in it. And so this last week was hackathon for us. And so um, I, I find myself having to explain what hackathon is more than I would think. So fundamentally for anybody listening to the podcast, hackathon is truly an opportunity to hack a solution to problems, right? So that's, that's what it's called. And in the tech world, yes, that normally includes maybe building something or creating something that streamlines something or makes it more efficient. We have hackathons twice a year. We have a big one once a year. Um, we have launch projects and innovation projects in a lot of different ways um, in different spaces that come in all the time. But hackathon is a true cultural piece for us. It's only been around I think five or six years now. Um, and it's our sixth annual. Sixth annual, thanks Darcy. And Darcy really helps um, facilitate it now. My um, closest colleague, Bob Dehoff, who's been here for a short 35 years is one of the other leaders of it. So that's a great dynamic too. You got Darcy at 20 something um, and Bob, you know, a little older than that, really driving an innovation philosophy here. And this, and the idea was um, originally brought to Infotech by one of our um, incredible, our heads of design, honestly, for, for software development in our product division, Kyle. Um, but hackathon becomes now like, video editing and showing personalities in different ways and showing how you can come together as a team to solve the space because now it's in a virtual environment. So the last time we laughed as a team, and I mean died laughing, is all in supporting Darcy because she was emceeing all of Hackathon. She is in, a, we had a Medieval Times theme, so she was dressed for the part. Um, we had our final pitches, we had our top top teams were picked the judges were deliberating and she was talking to the whole organization who's waiting with bated breath to figure out who wins for the judges to come back and the, and judges, the judges didn't come didn't back, come back. <laughs> and they still didn't come back and they still didn't come back so darcy top danced for a solid i don't know maybe 10 minutes stars where she she decided to come up with i don't know do you guys anybody have a joke Maybe let's make them medieval <laughs> jokes. I would like to clarify that I did not actually tap dance. I have no idea how to tap dance, but um, you've been on a Zoom at this point and you know 
Um, if no one has their camera on, we're using a webinar, so I can't see anybody just staring at this chat full of people who are like, no, keep talking. This is entertaining. Uh, <laughs> they're putting medieval times jokes in the chat for me to read. And one of them's like, so how's your personal life? Like just absolutely messing with me at this point, for some reason in my brain, I could have just said, Hey, everybody, we're going to take a five minute break. But no, I decided I was going to riff off myself for 10 minutes and become a stand up comedian who only tells terrible medieval times jokes for <laughs> until they come back. Um, but what's so great? <laughs> what's I think so everybody great? We were should dying. have that experience. We were yeah. dying. She was, was amazing. I fell out of my chair laughing at one point. Um, what's so great about Hackathon, though, is that you just you never know what's going to happen and that's one of the reasons it's such a huge cultural event for us for a hackathon can take it can take like 24 hours ours happens to be over the course of three days you walk around if we were walking around our building on day two this year it looked like you were in the shire like it was everyone was in costume getting their videos ready to present their their pitches um on brand like it was it was truly something so just to cap it all off with an absolutely unexpected absurdity of you know what the host is now just going to have to tell terrible jokes and riff off herself for quite some time was you know it was a bonding experience for me and my computer <laughs> oh for sure she, for sure i've been there she killed it she killed it david you should have her on again and i will say she also like pushed it right off afterwards. The judges came back. She went back into script and she wrote a poem, which I, she, I, she should send to you. You should just share it with the podcast. She wrote a poem to close us off and descended our stairs in another costume <laughs> with a crown. Was I going to turn off hackathon? Was I, here's the thing. Here's the thing. I was not going to pass up my one, possibly one opportunity in life to descend a grand staircase dressed as a princess and address a waiting audience i wasn't i just i couldn't pass that up so anybody who does they're they're not a fit and uh, are <laughs> toxic and should be terminated Clearly. immediately Clearly. even i would do that <laughs> oh this exactly. is a perfect welcome to the world of being a stand-up comic luckily you had a supportive audience but yeah it can they get are. it can get and trying out there yeah the last thing i want to say about hackathon and this is kind of what we we're talking about earlier and what I wanted to allude to. Um, it is the probably the number one way we break down silos between divisions annually. People, these teams, they come up with ideas for processes, for product improvements, for anything. And they, you have a team of 15 people, tops, hopefully less. We've, we're trying to get people to have smaller teams, <laughs> uh, maybe 10 people, just every part of the company you got someone from accounting you got three people from one division two people from another guarantee you a couple of those marriages have stemmed from hackathon being on hackathon <laughs> um just it's it is such a fun collaboration and then that translates to slack you see people interacting on our company communications platforms that never talked to each other before, but now they do because they have the opportunity to collaborate. And that's what we mean when we say creating spaces. We use that for hackathon. We do that whenever possible. We have like a few events a year that are just focused on making sure that people have the opportunity to collaborate and innovate and work together. Because 
if work isn't, it's not your whole life and it shouldn't be your whole life, but it's a big part of your life. You should be friends with the people you work with. You should like them. And there, we have a big company. We have more than 350 people. You can never get to know all of them, but there could be your best friend waiting on the second floor on the other side and you stand with them in the elevator. And if you've never had the opportunity to see them in a ridiculous hat on a video or to work on a project with them that you knew nothing about and they knew nothing about and you both were like, well, let's learn, you wouldn't know they were going to be your best friend. And that's what that's such a huge part of what makes our culture a family is that right there that we want to make sure people have that opportunity to find to build relationships because that makes our work better. Mm-hmm. Chance everything better. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's so great. They- and would you say that that over uh, because of the pandemic, because working remotely, because working flex, that opens up totally new opportunities that weren't there before? Yes and no. Um, We had, (laughs) I won't lie, that was the biggest challenge over the last year with with engagement and communications was how do we keep that connection? How do we make sure people still have those opportunities? And last year we did Hackathon completely virtually and everyone said it was the best one ever. And this year we did it hybrid and we learned a lot. (laughs) We will be be improving for next year and maybe the judges will come back on time. But (laughs) we, we definitely, I would say the things that we were forced to come up with created so many new opportunities. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if there's one bright spot to come out of it, it's that even now I have more friends just because I had was forced to create and to work with people to problem solve, how do we create connection for others? And and do 10 minutes of off the cuff stand-up comedy. That helps too. Thank you, thank you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> all right, do either of you, is there uh, anything either of you want to point our listeners toward as far as uh, links, uh, blog, social media, anything like that? Um, I will say we're hiring, so I'll put that out there. So I appreciate that, David, if you're interested in uh, joining a company like ours and getting to work with incredible people like Darcy, <laughs> give us a call. I'd love to have you. And um, I did I did want to underscore, I didn't plan it, but uh, one of the reasons I really wanted to make sure I invited someone like Darcy when you invited me on this podcast is I do get the question and I expected it. You haven't asked of like, well, what, what do you think, what makes us so successful? And you didn't ask it, but I'm going to answer it anyway. What makes us so successful is hire people like Darcy and you get out of their way. Um, and they have the passion, they have the success, they have the drive. And you're there to make sure those individuals feel like they have a space to live. So I will point you to our website. I'll uh, point you to the incredible products that we make. But most importantly, we are growing and we're investing. And if you're interested, we are now hiring most of our positions fully remote. So check us out. Build your own box. Build your own box. You said that and I was like, we're gerrymandering we're definitely gerrymandering for good here building our own (laughs) building our own boxes yeah tara and darcy thank you so much for for joining me and uh, helping me prove in so many different ways too i mean you guys hit so many different angles on this that to help me prove that you can laugh at work thank you david you can laugh at that this podcast is brought to you by water cooler comedy 
What if your team was as excited to clock in on Monday morning as they were for that first drink on Friday night? As the workforce continues to shift and deal with new disruptions and distractions, leaders are looking for answers as to how they can bring their teams together, recruit and retain top talent, and be ready for the next unexpected adversity. Turns out, when humor plays an active role in the workplace experience, it can help solve all of those challenges. And at Water Cooler Comedy, it's our mission to turn your company into one where laughing together is part of building a stronger culture and improving the problem-solving process. From customized corporate comedy experiences to keynotes to comedy workshops to online training and one-on-one consulting and more, Water Cooler Comedy can help make your company one where people come together to laugh around the water cooler, whether it's in person or virtual. Schedule a free consultation today at watercoolercomedy.org forward slash booking or learn more about us at watercoolercomedy.org because we want to help you make work the time and place to laugh.